You talk family, what go on, what go on, this your boy D, and I got some special guests with me tonight, y'all already familiar with one, my homeboy Larry Frank Jr. is in the building tonight and we got a special guest, his name is Mr. Quinterry, it's Q Queen and I'm about to bring him on the screen, I'm asking if you're over on Facebook to go ahead and transition over to YouTube, we're about to start the show. Shout out to everybody tonight, man. Let me bring my guests in tonight, man. Shout out to my boy, Mr. Larry <laughs> Frank Jr. and Mr. Quintarius Q. Queen from Clever Sports Group. Fellas, how you guys doing tonight? I'm good, Bless man. Bless as always. Bless as always. That's what's up, man. So this is the part of the show, like I told you guys, where... We're going to have different guests coming on, man, and speaking about the aspect of business, man, and, you know, just financial literacy, man, and everything from investing to home ownership to just, we just want to educate. So this is a product of Larry Frank Jr., and I'm going to let Mr. Larry Frank take this interview over, and I want to sit back and enjoy the show on my show. So, Mr. Larry Frank, go ahead and step on in and do your thing, thing, big dog. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, once again, you talk family. Glad to be back. 
And uh, this interview here, man, is real, real, real somewhat personal, or really personal, because it's somebody that I've known since he was a youngin'. And he ain't a youngin' no more. He, he, <laughs> hey, how your boy said in ATL, grown man business right now. You know what I'm saying? So no doubt about it. Uh, I had the privilege and the honor of being a volunteer coach when he was in middle school, and that's when I initially met him. You know, he was playing ball, you know, when I was on staff. So uh, he uh, really achieved some big things, and uh, I'm going to go ahead on and let him tell his story. But uh, Q, what's happening, man? What's going man, on? What's good? Man, uh, look, first of all, uh appreciate y'all for letting me even take the time to get on this show. Uh, the You Talk family, man, look, I'm new here. Show me some love. You know what I mean? That's what's uh, up. <laughs> Hey, but, it's, but it's, getting it's into it, baby. So, uh, my name is Q. Uh, like Coach Larry said, man, this is a little bit personal. Uh, he'd known me since middle school when I was a baby. You know, like like he said, I was a youngin at that point in time, and I've, I've grown over the, over the, over the time being. Um, no, no typical black person. No, 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 no different. Just a regular typical black boy. Um, I kind of was the one that kind of decided to use the resources and opportunities I had. That was presented to me to kind of make you know, make make a difference. Um, ended up going to college, ran track and field at UNO, got a scholarship there. Uh, transferred from there, went to LSU. Uh, going to LSU wasn't really my first option. I actually I didn't want to go to the school, but since they they threw me the most money, uh, I decided to take that. <laughs> I decided to take it, and then now you know I got an LSU name under my credentials. Graduated there twice. Uh, got a degree in sports. My bachelor's in sports, and then I went back. I'm an MBA, uh, specialized in finance. So, uh, two two big things about me. I've always been in sports. So, being a sports agent is kind of my career now, um, and I've always had that. You know, being who I was, I was always the brains of every friend group. I was the athlete, of course, but I was always the one that was just the brain. So, uh, that led me to being a sports agent because I want to be the one. Most most athletes, we all know, they just want to go out there and ball, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, I'm the guy that comes comes in with all the all the administrative, all the back office stuff, all that stuff that, you know, you ain't got to worry about none of that. You know, I'm going to go figure it out for you. I Man, y'all go out there and do y'all thing. Um, those, you know, me being an agent kind of accomplished a couple things for me. One is, you know, I get to be that middleman for, you know, my brothers, people who are athletes, people who don't know the educational side of things, the business side of things. I can, I can, you know, I can be that guy. At the same time, uh, also giving the light to the youngins, people that are younger than me, looking up to me to see, hey, look, you don't have to catch a ball. You don't have to throw a ball to make it, right? Mm -hmm. I, I don't have to pick up a ball at all, but, it, you know, you can see from the business perspective, from the business side, you know, I can have a just as a successful career. So it's kind of, you know, paving the way, letting them see that this is something, you know, inspiring and something that you can do other than, you know, being that ball player. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, let's take it back to the beginning. Before, you know, let's go back before college and track and all of that. Let's go back to when you was a little boy, you uh -huh. know, six, seven, eight whatever, you know, however you want to start at. What was the first thing that really stood out to you in your younger years that told you, you know, you can do things on a different level, not typical of everybody else in your, mm -hmm. in your age, your age range? I always, I was a big learner. Like, you know, me in school, I got along with school a lot. Like I, I was one of the rare, the rare breeds that really, I enjoyed school. I, I enjoyed learning new things. Like my, my mind just never stopped gaining that. So when you mix the level of like determination I had to even find out and figure out answers to stuff, you match that 
you match that up with just my whole will, the will of doing things, the whole competitive nature inside me. And I think that's what kind of stood out because I was a little boy. Um, I remember this one of my one of my classes in uh, it was about fourth grade. I was in fourth grade or third grade. I'm sorry. And I had uh, I went to alternate class. My teacher was absent. So I went to this fifth grade class and they said a word and nobody knew what the word was. But, you know, I decided that, hey, look, that means that like this word means this. And everybody looked at me like, how the hell you know this? And I'm just like, <laughs> I was one of them that naturally just, you know, I always was the brain. You know, I always, you know, had this knowledge part of me that I just always, you know, I just had that that natural, it was a natural instinct for me. Right, right. So basically, uh, you just had that passion for knowledge. Like, yeah. you wasn't just going to settle on, you know, this is what we teaching. I'm going to learn this. I'm going to go beyond what you're teaching to learn more, in other words. Yeah, there okay? you go. Yeah. That's what's up. That's what's up. So... Let's get to the time period when when we got acquainted when right. you was in middle school, cause cause like I say, bro, like I told you when I seen you about a month ago, man. When when I I had it wrong as far as the avenue, cause I thought it was gonna be like as an actual athlete, you know. I knew you was destined for greatness, because D, I'm gonna tell you the story right quick, bro. Mm -hmm. When I was mm -hmm. coaching, right, and we was on staff. Mm -hmm. And Q, my, Q, Q was a little bitty thing, bro. I ain't gonna lie. But when I tell you, dude had heart. He had heart. I mean, and I'm like, yo, I want to see him just win and get on the field. But at the same time, I'm like, when he would get on the field, like, Lord, please don't let him get hit. Because I ain't trying to see him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, 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 he was, he was like the, 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 one of the smallest dogs, but he had one of the biggest barks. Right. So um, at that point, I knew, I said, you know what? I said, He's destined for greatness and to do great things. I just thought it was going to be like directly in athletics, but not where, you know, like what you see now. So I pretty much saw it in him then. So so let's get, you know, in the middle school and, and going into high school. At, when you got to high school, did, did you initially know that you wanted to go into the sports management and financial stuff at that point? Yeah, of course. As a typical athlete, you know, you have dreams of pursuing and maximizing your athletic abilities. Yeah, that, that's first and foremost. Every athlete does it. Every athlete has a dream of going to the, the big leagues and the professional. But for me, I also always had to plan in my head that being a sports agent was like my career. Like, you know, uh, at first, you know, when I first understood sports agency, most people, they, they put it in your head that you have to go to law school. You don't need to, you, need, you don't need to law school. You can actually go and get your business degree and just be just as certified from a business standpoint. So once I, you know, as I went through and I figured that part out, then that, you know, we get into that soon, but that's kind of how that manifested. But in the beginning, in high school days and middle school days, it was more, you know, I've always had that passion of just being that middle man because I never knew I was doing it anyway. Like I was naturally an agent for all my, my teammates because some of them didn't, didn't know like what the answer, what was going on in class. And I was a guy right there that was like, hey, look, this is what we was talking about. You know, right. I was always that facilitator. Basically, I was always the point guard. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. So then you graduate high school and you <laughs> say at this point you got a track scholarship. You, you, you had a scholarship to UNO, correct? First? Yeah. Okay. So you went to UNO and then you got another offer from LSU. I ended up uh, leaving. I ended up leaving UNO after I got hurt my sophomore year. Ended up transferring to LSU. Okay. Uh, I tried to walk on over there. To be honest, some of the guys on their team, I was this bothered me a little bit because I was faster than some of the guys on their team, and I was going to be on the team for free. Like you didn't have to pay for anything because LSU academically gave me, you know, the money for it. Right. Excuse me, but right. They ended up saying the roster spot was filled. 
two times, both in the summer. And it's like, how you know, we've got into that situation. I ended up venting about that a while ago, but um, didn't get an opportunity to run at LSU. Should have and I would have uh, performed well, but ended up taking that chance to just fill in that void by working in the athletic department. So I worked right underneath the athletics director in the business administration uh, office. So when Joe Oliva, I don't know how big of LSU fans y'all are, when Joe Oliva was there, even though all the stuff was going on, like I was right there, like it was crazy sitting right there in the, in the office and hearing all the drama going on between everybody on the team and everybody, like it was crazy. But I, I, I took that time to kind of, that's when I went to more and working in the sports industry, you know, from being an athlete now to now getting my degree in it, but also being able to work in it. So I was there until I graduated and then uh, ended up going back and finishing school again uh, with an MBA. Right. And and you're talking about like the Joe Oliva stuff. You're talking about around the, the time of the Les Miles situation with the controversy with that or it was? It was it, just recently the Les Miles stuff just came out. But as that stuff was going on, like, for instance, Les Miles going to Kansas and stuff like that. Right. Uh, right. I was I was there because, you know, okay. he, he, he okay. didn't want it there. But yeah, yeah, yeah it, it was big. Yeah, that and yeah. all that Will Wade basketball stuff too. Right, right. I I saw that. I saw the documentary and I saw, you know, how that how that turned out. So um you got your bachelor's, you got your MBA, and uh at this point you now let's get to, to the actual business. Let's get to what you have. Tell us about because I saw you was with Rance, uh mm-hmm. the boxer. Mm-hmm. And I think I also saw you had a, a young man that's at Kansas or was mm-hmm. it Kansas State? Kansas uh, State. Kansas State, okay. Um, give me the beginnings of that, like as far as once you graduate, you transition from graduation into going into the business. All right, y- y- y'all might like this this kind of journey here. Um, I couldn't like I can't wait to kind of get this whole story out eventually. Um, so it all started like this. I'm a, I'm a person. So going in LSU, working athletics, like I said, I always wanted to be in sports agency, right? Um, so one day I was like, you know, okay. Let's go talk to some compliance officers. Hey, look, can y'all put me in touch with some of the agents that are registered with you guys? Mm-hmm. At this point, you know, I'm almost in my, I'm in my senior year, and I, you know, I need internships, right? Right. So, I asked compliance officer, send me a list of agencies that I can talk to, just to, you know, kind of pick their brains and get to know a little bit about, you know, me being an intern. Right. Most of them guys I, I reached out to either told me no, they, they didn't give me a shot, they didn't respond, like they just, they just ghosted me, right? So. I'm, right. In my mind, you know, because being in the sports agent world, like getting into the sports agent industry is, is one of the toughest industries. I mean, alongside investment banking, like yeah. sports agency is hard to get into because, they, you know, it's all about networking. You got to know somebody in there. So um, right after, like they told me the last I had the last straw, they was like, you know, we, we fooled or something like this. And then some of them didn't even respond. So my initial approach was like, OK, how will I break into the sports agent world? So I ended up taking a step back and end up creating a different track. And at this point, I ended up becoming a financial advisor. I ended up working for a financial advising firm out there because my mindset anyway, alongside being an agent, was always business and money, managing money, understanding how money works. And I think, you know, for for a person like me, as I told you, I'm I'm big in learning. I took the opportunity at that financial advising firm to learn more about, you know, just how money works, you know, what money does, how people can use money to work for them and, and different things of that nature. So what happened was, Work there, and I got to understand to how to work with everyday people, normal people. Because if I'm going to work with athletes, I want to understand how to work with regular people first. Mm-hmm. Uh, did that for a while, and ended up just not liking that after the, uh, some point in time because I was ready to really get into the athletic world. So uh, this is the point in time when 
now I had another shot at it. So Meek was going to the draft uh, from Louisiana Tech, and I reached right. out to Meek and I was like, man, look, put me in touch with your agent. Um, you know, because you got an agent. Let me talk to him. Do the same thing. And I talked to his agent. We had a good conversation. Um, I was like, you know, give me a shot, man. I work for you. I do it for free. You don't have to pay me anything. I just want to learn about the experience. I want to learn the day to day. I want to learn what you do on a daily basis to be an agent. That's it. Uh, right. Man, flat out told me I shouldn't do it. Uh, shouldn't shouldn't do it. The agent world is this. The agent world is that. And I'm like, man, like, you know. I'm, I'm just trying to be your protege. You know, I'll go grab you a cup of coffee if I need to, but just I want to learn the insides right. and outs of how the business runs. Um, but that was the last straw. Once he said no, uh, that was when I decided, you know what, I'm going to start my own. And that's when I went, I, I took, I started, you know, I still connect to a lot of different people in the sports industry. So I went picking their brains just to kind of get information about how agents and stuff run and how does, and it's really, to be honest, once, you know, everything clicked is really simple. It's not that hard. It's not that's not that it's not that tough. I don't even understand how people make it that hard. Um, so I started with Rance. So we began with Rance and first of all, I always shout him out because that was my first client and we understood we was experimenting with each other because right. in order for me to gain the experience and the credibility I needed, I needed to start somewhere. And and with Rance starting his career early, that helped me, you know, get a chance to jump in there. So Helping Rands, even though boxing wasn't my primary sport I wanted to dive into, it taught me how to manage somebody's emotions, manage losses, manage wins, manage the money that comes in, manage the average. Like, it taught me so much about the beginning, the foundational stuff of being an agent, right? And then this past season came. Like, uh, NFL and basketball, like NBA and NFL, the top two sports I want to jump into before I end up eventually getting into baseball. Um, so started with the NFL – this year, as I was going through the motions of just kind of figuring it out, I wasn't supposed to get a client this year, honest to God. I was not supposed to get a client at all. Um, but as I was recruiting, you know, I was sending, you know, people messages on Twitter and stuff like that. Just I was really trying to figure out what what message worked. Like, what was the formula that worked so that way, okay, this doesn't work. It's kind of like, honestly, shooting your shot at a female. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. really honestly the yeah. same way. You got to gotcha. see what works so you can keep going back to it. Right. Once I've kind of found the formula, you know, the guy, Justin, uh, me and Justin are like brothers now, uh, but he's Kansas State linebacker. He's a team captain. So Justin, you know, we kind of sent each other emails uh, on Twitter, and uh, basically what he said was, man, I just need somebody that's going to help me get a shot because all I need is a shot. And I told him, I said, well, all I need is a shot. You know what I mean? So straight up. So And I think that jailed instantly to where he signed with me and he became my first football client. And Justin was a long shot. We all knew that. He was a long shot, being that he was a little older. At the same time, like, he was coming off an ACL injury the year before last. Even though last year was, like, his best season, the year mm -hmm. before that he had an ACL injury. Right. So he was a long shot. But it was a time for me. We both understood. Once again, it was my first time being an NFL-type agent. But I give credit. I'll give a lot of credit to him, Coach, honestly, because without him, I would have never gotten as far. Like, the guy took me to all the way up to the NFL draft. Like, I know the entire process from housing, training, to, you know, feeding, to the money, to everything that deals with, like, being an agent for an athlete, I went through it. And right. all the way up to the combines and the the the, the uh, bowl games and all the events you got to go up to. Like, if it wasn't for Justin and me working with him and taking this shot while I could, I got 120 NFL scouts in my phone from almost every team except the Patriots, and the Vikings. 
Okay. I got 120 scouts in my phone now. If it wasn't for him, it wasn't for that experience, I wouldn't even be in this position. Right. Um, and then now with all of that, you know, I'm poised for a really good year, honestly. You know, between... I'm, look, it's on the show and it's out there, but to be honest with you, next year could be record-breaking. That's just me. Because, you know, me being young and able to relate to these guys, it's a different... I'm not a, I'm not the same age. I'm not the traditional agent. I'm more relatable. I'm, I'm young, so we can talk. Like, you know what I mean? We're like brothers. It's like family here. Right. Yeah. So... And, and I'm glad you said that, because that helps me to lead into this segue here. The the traditional agent that you look at, the older guy, kind of yeah. smooth, wearing yeah. a suit, slick talker, we see him on television. Like, yeah. You're in the business. You you know it way more than us, you know, regular cats here. You know, we just see, see what we see on television. Yeah. Would you say that being in the position that you're in right now, being able to get as close as you are right now, is it pretty much what we see on television, what we're led to believe what we see on television. Because it, when you look at it on television, you're thinking it's just, oh, let me just go sign a big-time player. Let me market myself, sign a player. He gets drafted. He gets this big contract. I get my cut. And you think it's it's simple, but I'm assuming, you know, what what's your stance on that? No. <laughs> What's, what's, I can say it's not as hard, but it's not simple. If that makes sense, uh, it's it's not it's not it's not simple, but it's not easy either. So it's really about managing a lot of situations that's out of your hands. Oh, that's the biggest thing. So the one thing you could control is when it comes down to housing and training and all that other stuff. You got to kind of figure that stuff out. That's the one thing you could control. But once you're done, the biggest thing, the biggest thing agents do, especially for rookies, you have to you know get your your client you know prepped up and in shape for pro days and, and, and combines because that's ultimately, like, that's the payday right there because a bad combine and a bad pro day can, that's millions of dollars won or lost right then and there. Your stock either going to plummet or it's going to shoot up. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's when you got to, you know, be you kind of risky, but it's realistically risky on how much money you have to invest in an athlete because if a guy is on the edge and he's, like, you know, a long, long, long shot, you know, it's no no point in me throwing twenty thousand in training and housing because dude might not even get signed, right? So it, it is risky, but as far as simple, you know, you may see just on TV like you know somebody just signed with somebody. It might just sound all simple, but it's a lot of it's a lot of stuff that going into it because as an agent, technically, we work for each other. I work for you, and you work for me. I can fire you just like you can fire me. Mm-hmm. So it works like that in a way where. It's more than just signing that contract. It's all of it's all about like right after that contract, client management. Like you kind of really, you know, you gotta really hold on to that word, or whenever they need you, you gotta be there, because you know that's essentially what they signing. They signing for you to be there for them. You know, while they just go out there and ball, you be able to you know answer the questions and find the resources that they don't know how to answer. Right. How hard was it with COVID last year? You know, because I'm pretty sure, you know, being able to have the face-to-face contacts and a lot of times, you know, you got to really be able to get in front of certain people. And with COVID, not being able to let your presence be known face-to-face, how how hard was that? Did COVID make a big difference in what you were doing? Honestly, Uh, yes and no. I'm going to put it like this. COVID for me was a blessing in disguise. as, As bad as it was, as terrible as it was for a lot of people, for me, it gave me the opportunity to kind of plan and map out. Like, you know, a lot of people, I don't know if people took advantage of COVID situation as, you know, well as they should have. I mean, of course, everything was bad. Don't get me wrong. You know, it was, it was terrible. And I felt, you know, my condolences to a lot of families that have been affected about it, uh, the entire COVID thing. However, 
the people who was in a position that was, you know, you had no job, you had nothing going on. If you didn't take advantage of it as far as planning out your next move, you kind of you kind of got behind. You know, you had a chance to kind of take that step forward. And I think I took advantage of that because I just kept from studying and researching, just figuring things out. Um, but as far as being an agent, it wasn't as difficult. Um, the one thing that was kind of tough was the fact that, like, um, the, some of the bowl games were very strict. So you couldn't get in there unless you was media and stuff like that. So you really couldn't go and watch, you know, athletes perform. And I wanted to go, like, the Reese's Bowl in Mobile. I wanted to attend that, but you couldn't do it because everything was kind of, you know, blocked off. But as far as just, you know, getting connected with people, with everything being virtual and on the phone, it wasn't that stuff. Because, I mean, we can still make those same, you know, connections and phone calls and just you can still network the same way. I think just the in-person thing was in there. Uh, and I like to travel, too. So that kind of did take a part of it because I like the, you know, it, it ain't nothing for me to just hop on a plane right now. Anything over four hours, I'm on a plane. I ain't even bother right. driving. Right. <laughs> if you just joining oh. the show, we got Mr. Go Quintarius. Q Queen in the building, man. Founding CEO. Larry Frank, go ahead, man. I just want to plug it real quick, man. A clever sports group, man. Shout out to the best producer in the world, Mr. King. Production in Go ahead, Larry Frank. All right. Um, being that you are younger and you 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 new to the business, have you found that there's been some disrespect from maybe other agents? Because I. I I know it's probably a lot of cutthroat stuff that goes on. I mean, you you see stuff, you read stuff, stuff has come out here and there. Being that you're younger and you, you're just getting started and all of that, have you had to deal with just maybe other agents or agencies or whatever really trying to just just mess you over? Not yet. And it's only because, uh, I'm going to say not yet, only because they don't know I exist yet. Like. Gotcha. They have no idea that, you know, what's up my sleeve. They have no idea what's going on on my end. They, they have no idea who I've been talking to. So I'm going to say not yet. And, and and it's crazy because, you know, even though I say, you know, I am young and I am in this, I do have a partner, somebody who's licensed with me, uh, just as young as me, but he's same ambition. We're, we're kind of on the same boat. But I do take the time to always say, just because I say I'm young, like, I know how to surround myself with the right people to kind of, you know, be my mentor, to kind of help me figure it, because I'm young. I want to always be around people with the experience already in the industry. So I got a lot of people who, you know, different blogs, different sport, they do different sport journals and stuff like that. People that very much, like, they're really big in the sports industry. I've been really in touch with a lot of high-powered folks just to ask them questions. Like, um, went to Dallas to one of the bowl games out there, and when I started talking to scouts, I was just asking them, hey, look, man, I'm new to this. What are some things about, like, I'm always asking questions to more experienced people because I never want to go on this thing. This is the one thing I tell everybody that's on my team. I never want you to go into any situation thinking you have it all figured out because I don't. You know, I constantly ask questions. I Every day, I learn every day. I'm growing every day. Like, it's the Kobe Bryant assignment. But it's it's the whole idea of, you know, being young, but also being, you know, aware that, hey, look, you are young and you don't know as much. But guess what? I don't know the answer to everything, but I bet you I can find somebody that do. And that's we uh, yeah, we we talked uh when I saw you about a month ago, we mm -hmm. uh we had talked about how the you know, the typical young brother today, it's always it's always been this narrative of you have to either be an entertainer, an athlete, musician, and if you're none of the three 
you're deemed like, oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> and like myself, I'm in my 40s, me and D, we right around the same age. I'm a little older than D. I know in our generation, that's when you just kind of had to make a decision like, all right, is you going to do this or is you going to turn and do something you shouldn't, you know? <laughs> but you said something that day that really stuck out to me about your age and you being able to relate to them or them rather being able to relate to you because they're looking at somebody that's pretty much right there with them. Um, how important do you think it is to, to just let it be known that not just in your field, but just you can be successful as, as a young black man right now and you don't have to be that athlete or that rapper or whatever. How important is it to get that message out? It, it is like priority number one for me. Like I, I kind of live and breathe that every day. Um, and I'm, I'm a guy who likes to move by actions, not by words, because I want to make sure, because I get sometimes, I, I try to sit up here and tell people, hey, look, you should do this, but nobody listens to words. So I want to be the one to show you, hey, look, man, you really can be somebody else and still be successful. And I think it's really important, especially for us blacks, uh, black men coming up, especially, um, because we're we're put in this position where we're forced to believe that the only way out is with a ball or is with a microphone, right. when really, man... My, so the whole idea of clever sports, the whole clever thing as as a whole, because clever is more than just sports industry. Uh, I wanted to be just as big as anything else. But the whole idea was um, to create leverage, um, figure out. So my so my logo is a light bulb, and it's a light bulb for a reason. So my whole mission is that everybody on the planet, me, you, uh, everybody on this show, everybody has something special about them, some type of superpowers. The issue with most of us on the world is either we don't know what those powers are or we don't even know how to use them. So Clever was invented to help you figure out what your specialty is and how you can use it to create leverage and figure out how you can leverage yourself in any position. Hence, it's like when a light bulb goes off over your head, when you figure it out, when you got that aha moment, like, oh, I just figured it. Like, that's the reason for the logo being that because once that light bulb go off, you've now figured out, oh, snap, this is who I am. This is what I like to do. So I'm going to do this. I always use Ray Allen when I bring up this, this scenario because when Ray Allen figured out that he was a three-point shooter, he forgot about everything else. I'm going to be a three-point shooter. Like, this is me. This is, my, this is my superpower. I know how to shoot threes better than everybody. So I'm going to focus on getting better at this. And I think that's my mission, to help a lot of us to figure out what is our light bulb, turn our light bulbs on to help us figure out what is it that we do, what are our superpowers, and how can we use that you know, once you figure out, ooh, I can draw, okay, how do you use your drawing skills to leverage you into getting uh, a job somewhere? Like, if, if you're good at being a negotiator, how can you use your negotiation skills? If you're good at being a doctor, a hairstylist, if you are good at music, if you're all good at whatever you is, whatever it is you like to do, once you figure out that this is you, this is what you like, okay, how can we use that to leverage yourself, to getting you that job, to getting you that opportunity that you need to, to be just as successful as a typical athlete or typical music artist, you know what I mean? Right, right. So, and I know you mentioned earlier that it's not just a sports agent, but you also do financial planning. Yeah. Okay. And what what else other avenues do you have? With uh, it's just those two for now, because I'm I'm a business oriented in sports, but there's other things in the future that I'm going to be uh, tapping into. Uh, but I'm big right now in sports, of course, and just the business aspect. Like every now and then, I'll be a mini consultant to a lot of folks that, you know, struggle, at least need questions or have questions with starting the business and getting things going because 
uh, with my background, with the information, even though I'm so young, it's feel like I've done 10 years worth of work. <laughs> I've only been out of school for a year and a half. Um, but just with my experiences being everywhere and asking questions, being around, I kind of gained enough knowledge, at least enough to start, and just to be able to answer questions, because most people just don't know. And, you know, you don't know what you don't know. But if I got a little bit of the answer, or if I know how to find you or point you in the direction of the answer, I'm all for it. Yeah, that's that's what's up. That's what's yeah. up. So now you said you you um you're football and basketball as well. Mm-hmm. What what are the differences in that as far as you know getting an, an, a client you know two uh, different sports? How that, how does that work? It, it, the difference is the 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 pool of paper, the the pool of players. So NFL you you got. A lot of people play football, but there are more spots on the NFL draft. You got seven rounds compared to basketball. So basketball is only two rounds, and it's only 60 players. Football is like 269 plus. You got undrafted free agents. So there's a bunch of people that can get almost 600 people that can be picked up. But basketball is 60, uh, 60, and probably an additional 20, 30 people. So it's not that many. So you really it's hit or miss for basketball. You really got to hit the studs. You got to find the studs. Um, and you know, use them, but that's the only difference between that. Uh, that's the only big difference between those two sports. And and I know uh, you're gonna deal with the attitudes. Oh, you know, you know, you know, you know these these athletes, man. They they divas. A lot of them are divas. You know, how how can you kind of settle them down? Because you know, you look at guys like they got the ability, like a T.O. You know, if you go back like like a Ocho Cinco, I mean, you could go to Odell or whatever. You got all the talent and the ability of the world, but I know it's probably hard as it can be to keep that attitude in check. You know, you're trying to negotiate deals. How how do you view being able to keep that in check and being able to handle that? The main thing is, you know, one, I, I kind of settled it. You know, we kind of planned it out for two different things to happen. So uh, the first thing is being able to sit down and communicate. Like, understand, hey, look, man, chill out. Uh, you know, let me, you know, hold this, because if you don't, this is what you're about to, you know, mess up. The second thing is, uh, if it proceeds, if it keeps going that way, just, I'm like, honestly, the clients I want to go after are clients that are not like that. Mm-hmm. Because I want to I wanna make sure, you know, guys understand, like, you can be as talented as you are, but bad character is one of the things that scouts look at. You know what I mean? And, and for a lot of athletes, even when you start off with bad character, you can be really good. Number one overall draft pick. Eventually, your character is going to take you out the lead. Like, eventually, that character is going to catch up. If you was this, you know, I, I look at Darius Geis, for instance. Darius Geis was a high, but his character, you know, I knew a little bit about him when I got to LSU. His character eventually came out, and that forced him out of the NFL. Like, things like that really do happen. So, you know, staying away from guys like that. It's easy, you know, being young and being able to talk to him, be like, bro, you know, chill out. But if it continues to proceed, it's kind of like, man, like, I really can't work with you because I can't I can't do the job you want me to do because you're not really doing your part. You're not making it easy on me. Right. How how fair, or should I say, how unfair is it that you, you look at some of these NFL teams that dig so far deep into a player's past? Like, they might go as far back as, like, high school. Cause to me, that's that's just not right, man. We all been in high school. We we do dumb things. What's your thought about that, man? Because you yeah, might have yeah. a guy, a great athlete that that really matures, and something he did in his teen years goes against him. What's your thoughts on that? I don't like that. Uh, honestly, I'm just like you because I think there should be a limit on certain things. Uh, when you go all the way back to middle school, high school, it's like, you know, we, we kind of 
I've grown up. Like, it's been five, six years away from all that. Like, I've grown up into a whole nother person, a whole nother man. You know, so holding that against me is kind of, it's not fair. It's not fair at all, uh, especially when, you know, I think they was doing a little bit of that to Justin Fields or something like that just past draft. Like, they was kind of digging so deep into him and calling him a bad guy. And it's like, wait, that was like eight years ago. For the last three years, this boy has showed you nothing but honest character. Like, he showed you this is the man I've become. So using the other stuff against him, the past against him, that's that's unfair, man. That's, that's honestly unfair. Yeah, it's like like you go on Twitter, and like I say, y'all had the Twitter, social media, mm-hmm. in y'all high school days, and mm-hmm. God knows if they would have had social media in my high school days, I might not be here right now. Right. Because the stuff I did. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that's I just always thought that was an unfair thing. So... I want you to kind of envision yourself. Let's go maybe 10, 15 years down the road. Mm-hmm. What do you see then that you, you're working towards now? What can you say if you envision yourself in the future 10, 15 years down the road, you're establishing all of that? Where is Q 10, 15 years from now? Uh, I want to be – so my biggest goal is to be uh... – I want to be the greatest sports agent ever. Let's put that out there. But okay. the way I want to determine that is not by the amount of money I bring in. It's about the, how many lives I change. Like how many guys that I brought in and I've actually took the time and build a relationship. Because as I go, like the vision for me is to keep my agency younger. Meaning keeping the agents that I get, the agents that I hire younger. Mm-hmm. Because as years go on, I'm going to be in my 30s and 40s. I'm not going to be able to handle 20 years, you know, 20 year olds, 19 year olds the same way anymore. So keeping my agents, in other words, I want to look for somebody that's just who I am, like a, a resemblance of me, not exactly like me, but a resemblance of me at my age right now. Somebody that's able to relate to these guys, somebody that's understanding, somebody that knows how to talk to them, somebody that understands patience, somebody with the same fire I got at this age right now. I want to kind of, that's going to be my hiring tactic, you know, finding somebody with that same bone as I get older because just keeping this kind of a generational thing going on. Um, but me, for sure, being a, a kind of a mogul when it comes down to the sports. I look up to Rich Paul a lot, uh, LeBron's agent. I look up to him because the way Rich Paul, you know, operates as an agent is untraditional. It's, it's like everybody's a family. And what he does is everybody that he represents, everybody has a platform. I mean, if you got anything that you need to get off your chest, anything you want to do outside of the sport, I'm going to help you do it. I'm going to help you figure out who you are. Like, in other words, I, like the same clever thing I got going on is almost what Clutch has. As a matter of fact, Clever started with Clutch. Uh, because Rich Paul, like, Clutch is spelled with five letters. It's like Clever spelled with five, le- five letters. I was going to make it Clever with a K, but I was going to be doing too much. I kept it at <laughs> Clever with a C. Uh, to keep it, but it was a resemblance of Clutch Sports. It's right. the same thing as you look at the the Clutch Sport logo. It's a, it's a it's a it's a fist. Well, it's a hand grabbing the earth, right? And the earth is like it's grayish looking color. The right. same type of logo is what Clever is. It's a light bulb, but with the earth in it, with the same grayish kind of layout. So it was really it was a resemblance of Clutch Sports because I, I idolized Rich Paul. That's somebody I want to eventually meet to kind of you know pick his brain, just get to know him like on a like on a, a really bro level. Um, but I see myself being that guy, that icon, that person that showed that it's more than just being an athlete that can make you out of here. Because every athlete I want to represent, I want to make sure that, yeah, they're known and they're well-respected in the professional sports world, but everything outside of sports, they are known just as much for that, too. Right. And, and kind of to piggyback off of your explanation, you know, being down the line, 
um, how hard is it to get into, like, like say you want to groom the next one, you want to find the next person that's business-oriented to, you know, younger, you know, down the line when you get there. How hard is it to get into, is it is it just, look, you, you go to school, you got to take the classes, graduate. What do you have to do? What's the criteria? To be an agent? To be an agent, correct. Uh, so... Typically, like for NFL, NBA, it's two different, two, two different angles. So NFL, you need to have a master's degree in order to be licensed, uh, in order to even take that license test. Like I think you have to pay like twenty five hundred dollars. You have to take this big test, um, and then you get your certifications. NBA, you you only need a bachelor's degree. Uh, once you get a bachelor's, same concept. I think instead of twenty five, it's like fifteen hundred dollars. Take this big test, you get your license. However. You know, prior to being an agent, you can be a mini agent. You can be basically what they call an agent advisor, somebody who's not licensed, but they're still like I can not be licensed and bring in a guy who uh, who's possible first round pick next year. I can technically be his agent as long as I got a licensed guy that'll be able to sign off underneath. You know what I mean? It's like I'm working as an apprenticeship. You know, I can still be like this guy, the, the licensed guy, his his whole job is to sign, you know, the contract and everything on my behalf. But I'm the guy, I'm the one recruiting, I'm the one keeping up with him, I'm the one making sure this is straight. Like, I'm really his agent. The other guy is just, you know, right now the paperwork until I get situated. So you can do it multiple ways. It's all about being the middleman. So it's not as strict as, you know, they make it seem, but it's all about just being the middleman. What What's your thoughts on this uh, forthcoming NCAA uh compensation thing that's about to happen you how you feel about that which one um i want to say because i know it's in florida uh north carolina the nil i i'm not really that aware of what it is i just know that you can get paid for your image and likeness signatures and all of that stuff i know not every state i think the ncaa has to rule on it if i'm not mistaken uh i think state legislatures actually can approve it but it's state to state, so not every state may have it. You know, what? What's your thoughts on that? If, if I'm, you know, telling it right. Hey, I, I, I actually, I don't have a problem with it. To be honest, I like it. The reason I like it is because being in college as an athlete, you kind of, you kind of forced to do a lot and not have any time to make no money, right? So, especially when you look at most, you know, black athletes that come from nothing that, you know, there was one foot out, one foot in, but somehow they managed to stay in and be an athlete. Right. If I can't make no money, I'm going to go and revert to the only way I know how to make money. Right. Right? And that leads to bad decisions, but, like, at the same time, it's like, man, bro had nothing to eat. Um, and, of course, the NCAA counteracts that by saying we're paying for your education and tuition, but all of that is BS because when 9 o'clock comes, I'm hungry mm. and the cafeteria closed, and I don't have no money to go eat. So it's, what am I supposed to do? You know, some people do, you know, they try to find side hustles, cutting hair, doing something like that. But I like this, too, because at the same time, you know, this stadium that's selling out, everybody in here is wearing your number, even though your name's not on here. Everybody's wearing your number. And this school is benefiting so much of millions and millions and millions of dollars on you, and you only get a tuition and then like like that that never sat well with me even when I was in school so I actually like this idea and I, I think it's going to turn out a little bit good because if players use it right if they take advantage of it the right way and not abuse it I feel like it'll be something for the long haul because I think now they also have it to where most of them can get paid off their YouTube videos and uh Twitter videos something like that if you you know produce nice quality content you can start getting payments from that because at first you know 
you ain't get nothing from them. You can't get nothing from nobody. True, true. Well, I mean, as they should. I mean, I've seen various debates where, you know, certain people are, certain people really are upset talking about they should just play ball. You know, they that's what they get the scholarship for. And I'm like, not. what? that's not right. I mean, you know, all it takes is one bad injury. Mm-hmm. And, and your career, your future is done. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're telling me that I'm making this money for the school. These people are buying these tickets, coming to see me, filling up these packed stadiums on Saturdays or whatever. Come and see me and these other stud athletes. And you telling me that if this big-time car dealership wants me to come down here and sign some autographs, they I, I can't charge 500 a signature from these big wigs and these boosters and their, their families? So, yeah, I was always like, okay, when they first introduced that, I'm like, that's a game-changer right there. Let me tell you something, though. This was an idea I pitched in class one day when I was at LSU undergrad. This is something, and, and it's crazy because nobody was thinking about this. And eventually, as I get more and more into the industry, I want to be able to share this more and more to see if I can really bring this to light. So I always looked at how uh, people who join the Army operate. You know, when you join the Army, you you commit a certain amount of time to them to kind of be in the Army. They pay you a stipend, they pay for your housing, they pay for all that, but you have to commit to their duties, right? And once once your contract is up, you now can go to any college you want for free. You can go anywhere you want for free. I've always proposed, why don't they treat athletes like that? Like, literally... Instead of you going, mixing in school and being an athlete, okay, cool. You, we sign you, and you're not on our team. You're not on our team for four years, three years, however long for you to get to the next level. And you are here to commit to your, to you committing to us the time to practice, work out, you know, bring us the fans, you come and compete, come and be an athlete on our team. We're going to pay you a housing. We're going to pay you a stipend. We're going to do you all this. And then once you're done, you have the option now to go back to school if you want to. You don't have to, but, you know, school isn't an option. So that way you're not, because I'm telling you, it is the most stressful thing ever to be a student and an athlete. Hmm. People do it, people manage it, but, like, you got to be somebody really, 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 really strong to kind of do both. Because the amount of time you spend in practicing, like, listen, when I was in college, my first semester, I had to get used to it, we would get up at 7.30 in the morning. My first class at 7.30. I don't come home till 9 o'clock at night. Because you go from class... You got to go from class, 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 then you got practice, then study hall, then you got weights, then you got training, treatment. You got to go through all of this, and then, oh, oh snap, I forgot to eat. So now I got to go. Like, it's, it was so gruesome that, like, it's, it's, it's a lot when you mix in school with it. It's, it's really a lot. So I always had that other pitch similar to how the Army kind of operates. And, and that's why I pretty much say, hey, let, let them get compensated yeah. because that's a lot because – if, if you want to make money and you're not compensated, you would have to go get a job. And that's just too much. You know, that's just, just way Absolutely. too much. Um, you, you had mentioned Rich Paul a while back, a couple of minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And do you think that the breakdown of the sports agent or, you know, the requirements, do you think it changed with him because of how successful he was? Because it seems like, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong. The uh, the requirements to do it, they up the ante to become a sports agent. After you know he did what he did and got to the level of success, they tried. Yeah. Oh, they they, they tried to do it. They did. I don't, I think he fought against it because they they basically tried to do it so that because he has a bachelor's. I think he has a bachelor's at, at that. But because he was so successful. They wanted to add in that extra criteria just so they, you know, I don't know what point they were trying to prove, but I think Rich Paul really fought against it 
But to be honest with you, and I understand the NFL PA and the NBA PA, what they're trying to do, they're trying to make you at least have some educational background. I get that part. But to some extent, you know, like, for instance, college is not for everybody. You can be just as successful without a degree. There are a lot of people without degrees that are just as successful because work experience pays off. So I get how the NFL works on that, but at the same time, some guy that is really passionate about being an agent don't even necessarily need a degree to do it because I like I've been in the industry so long, I've got the experience being you know doing this for so long. This degree is not going to do nothing; it's going to be a piece of paper. Right. But same time, I you know like I said, I do understand the, the standpoint, but they tried to do that for Rich Paul after the Rich Paul effect kind of took over, but he fought against it, you know, because it's you know what are you trying to do here? You're trying to like you know. Make it harder for what reason? Right, right. So, what's next? What's it? What's it in next in the immediate future for Q? What's next? Like, next move? The next move? Because <laughs> I know I know you brainstorming. I know you got some stuff. I, I you know, going. I don't <laughs> stop. So the next move for me um, is really based on next season. Um, I've never listen to me. I've never been so excited for a football season in my life. Like, just even just, just past draft, I watched the draft different. Like, I wasn't even watching the draft as a fan. I'm watching to see what, like, why teams make certain moves. Like, I'm starting to understand why things happen from an agent perspective. Just educating myself on what to go through, what the experience is like, and understanding, you know, different nuances like that. And as far as going into this season, based off all the stuff I went through last year with Justin and, you know, the things I went through with Rands, I think I'm, I'm equipped enough to jump into these higher profile athletes. I'm talking about guys that possible first round, second round picks. I mean, I'm, I'm confident to do it because most of them, we're, we're the same age. Ain't nothing for me to just have a conversation with you, talk to you, get to know you, and eventually build that trust to where, you know, I'm trusting you, you trusting me. And uh, all I'm doing is paying for your house. Like, I'm basically your guy. Like, I feel like I'm confident when every aspect of it, at least going into it. So, like, the... My next move is based on next season. So that's, like, I, I told a friend of mine a while back, a couple of days ago, if you're not with me now, if you can't get in touch with me now, if you don't want to get in touch with me now, <laughs> after next season, it may be hard for you to talk to me. Correct. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. All right, now, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I, I know television is television. I watch ballers. We all watch ballers with The Rock. That... I'm assuming nothing like we watch, like it's pure entertainment, like, right? <laughs> Let me tell you, that show, I love that show so much, Ballers, like I love it because it's a resemblance of exactly what I'm going through. The Rock character is who I am. This guy who, like I'm not licensed yet, I get my license next year, but I have a partner who is licensed. Mm-hmm. So I'm the guy who's the rock that I'm going out and getting these clients. I'm going to recruit. I'm talking to them. Like, that's me, but at a younger age. Like, you know what I mean? So I really love that because, like, listen, this is crazy. How I operate is a little different from a normal person. I watch TV shows, movies. I read books different. Everything I watch, read, listen to, I'm listening for something. Something that's about to make me better. I don't know what it is. I'm just searching for something. Something that enlightens me to say, hey, man, look, do it that way. Ooh, look, this is a good idea. Ooh, like I got picked something from everything. Even talking to y'all. After this over, I'm going to relook at this. I'm going to listen, relook, listen to everything we said and figure out, okay, I could have did that. I could, something that makes me better. Because I think it's just installed in me to always get better after every situation. So, Ballers, that show, like, I'll rec- anybody in the sports industry, even if you don't like the sports, watch ball- Ballers is a really good show to watch, man. 
it's really, really good. And uh, like, I just like everything about it. Yeah, because they were saying that uh, because I think it was an NFL player that produced it or whatever. He tried yeah. to tell the story that is that's as close as it gets. But yeah. like I say, man, the stuff, the knowledge, and the gems you drop in the night, it's like, yo, I'm seeing where I see the angle, but it's a lot of stuff that they're not telling you. Um, as far as like you being an agent and dealing with like you deal with the coaches as well with the with the teams in, in certain aspects, or are you just strictly like management and how does that all work? Uh, I haven't. Somebody asked me about coaches the other day. Uh, eventually, I want to jump into that too because uh, you know helping coaches out. This is the same thing as helping an athlete. It, this is so. I, I figure out, I think I figured out the formula of how to be the middleman. Like, it's really, it's like I try to treat everything like a math problem. That's just how I understand it. Because you're pretty much in the middle and you're connecting athletes to sports teams, right? And I can replace athletes with coaches. I can, I'm connecting coaches to sports teams. I can use the trucking industry. I'm connecting, you know, people who want to sell merchandise to people that want to buy merchandise. People would insure selling cars, car dealership, same thing. I'm connecting people who want to buy a car with the cars itself. So being a middleman, being an agent is so it's a simple mathematic formula that it's it's it gets a little deeper when you understand the industry that you're in. But I kind of break it down to where it's like I'm only I'm the middleman. Literally, all I am is the middleman. You need this and he needs that. I'm connecting y'all together. That's pretty much my job. But um, as far as sports, I eventually want to break into that once I kind of get everything up with the NFL. Break into sports because, you know, replacing athletes with coaches and assistant coaches, like that. that's, you know, the same thing. You get a percentage of their contract. You know, you get to help them out. It's the same. Everything's the same thing. Yeah, because, I mean, up until about maybe, ooh, maybe about 10, 15 years ago, I didn't realize the role that agents played in the coaches. I always thought it was just, Sports agent, athlete, yeah. sports agent, athlete. But now, you know, when a big-time coach, you know, is on the hot seat or whatever and he's being courted by another team, all of a sudden you hear that he has such and such agent, you know, and this is who he's represented, you know, through this guy and that guy and because all of that. It's, it's the same thing, too. Like, you know, coaches just want to coach. Some of them don't have that. Like, I can guarantee you, Nick Saban just signed a contract earlier this morning. Uh, I guarantee he didn't negotiate by himself. I guarantee that. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> he oh, had yeah, somebody yeah. in there. Now, most people don't, like, honestly, most people don't need agents because they can be their own agent. But the whole purpose of an agent is convenience. I don't want to think about that. You do it. You know what I mean? To make it, it, all it is is making my life easy. You handle that. I'm just going ball. I'll make the money and pay you back. Like, that's pretty much, that's, like, as simple as I can make it. I don't want it to be too simple, but that that's really is how it is. Like, it's just more of uh, you just really being the middle guy, being convenient for somebody else. Uh, how would you deal? Because I see this situation. We've seen, we all saw the Eli situation when Eli Manning. Yeah. I'm not going here. You know, I'm not going to San Diego, you know. And uh, how, how hard would that be to navigate? Because, I mean, if you got this, this guy, you know, this player who's real good, and he may not want to go to this franchise, and he's just giving you all this resistance. I don't want to go here. I don't want to go here. Blah, blah, blah. How, how is it as an agent? I mean, I, I know you haven't been in that situation yet, but it's just something I've always wondered. You know, if you could put yourself in that position, how would you handle that? You, you got this guy that can go number three, number four, whatever, and he doesn't want to go because he doesn't like this franchise. He's like, you know, like, how would you handle that? That, that is tough. And that, that Eli and, and Philip River situation was, it was crazy. 
But in that situation, I, I, I can't even tell you how I would handle it. Because I, I think off the rip, is, is more of a, like, that's a stressful situation because this team is about to pick and you don't even want to be here. So now you kind of forcing the team. But honestly, you know, athletes have a lot of leverage. They have way more leverage than they think. So I can, as I'm about to get traded, you know, as an athlete, I can literally say I don't want to go there. And if you pick me, you just wasted your money and your draft pick because I'm not playing for you. So now, you know, as a team, you've just wasted money. Like, you're just wasting a draft pick. you just wasted. So it's kind of like you have more leverage as an athlete than you think you do because in the Eli Manning case, that's what forced him to get traded to New York from San Diego because San Diego is about to waste their pick. Like, I just drafted you, man. You don't want to play? <laughs> Somebody got to come here. Like, I need something. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, you have a lot of leverage as an athlete. Uh, but in that situation, as an agent, I'm, I'm, I can guarantee you phones were not like they were ringing all night long for the, for them for them two hours. I think it was about two hours that they made a deal, something like that. But their phones probably wouldn't stop ringing. I promise you that. Yeah, that was uh, I think that was 20, 20 years ago. I think yeah. that was the one draft. So, yeah, 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 it was twenty years ago. So, and I mean things have gotten so much more technologically advanced now. So I couldn't imagine being in that position right now. You know and. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, it's it's gotta be a stressful situation. And it's crazy um, because that that are probably like with social media now, <laughs> like all it is, it takes for like an Eli Manning to come out and say, "I do not want to play for the San Diego Chargers right now," and that's it. Like he's not playing for the Chargers. Like social media is gonna blow that up to where you just force the Chargers hand. So like you created your own room right there. Well, and you read my mind. Perfect. Yeah, I'm sorry not to cut you off, but you read my mind because that's what that's where I was about to go. The role of social media with the athlete, as I know I know it's getting close up against time or whatever, but the role of social media right now with the athlete, how hard is it gonna be in your in your opinion to navigate? Because like you say, you gotta deal with we talked about it earlier, the diva, the you know, the athlete being a diva, having, you know, this, well, I'm 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 worth this, I'm worth that. And in years past, okay, they might make a statement to the press or something, you know, but you can not let them speak to the media. But now you have social media where, hey, he could be in his in his car at his house, at his mama's house. He gets fe- that feeling, you know, like, I don't like this, and he gets up there and starts tweeting or whatever. How hard is it going to be, or how hard do you think it would be for you to be able to micromanage that? Because you're not there. Like, you could literally be thinking everything is cool, and then you get a phone call, Oh, Q, man, look what such and such just put up here. Man, this ain't going to be good. How would you handle that? That'll be tough. That'll be tough. <laughs> That'll be tough as hell. Honestly, because, you know, some things is out of my control. You know what I mean? I can do my part, and I always say this, you know, to the guy that they represent, Rance and Justin. I, I told him, like, man, look, I'm going to do my part as an agent. You just you got to do your part. So the, the hardest part is when I'm not there and then you make a statement, it's like now I got to – I gotta do crowd control management. You know, I gotta do I gotta do crowd control. I gotta manage everything, and you know, my client didn't really like. You know what I mean? I, now I gotta figure out a way to get you out of this. You know, and say what you want to say in a better way. Basically, get the same message out, but in a better way. Uh, it's kind of like you know, kind of coming back and cleaning up the mess because that's pretty much what agents do. Athletes mess up all the time. Um, like An- Antonio Brown when he had his little situation, and then. His agent came out and completely said, I'm going to release him until he gets help. You know, you got to come out there and kind of, you know, stop the bleeding because if it gets worse, that can cost you a contract. That can, 
it costs you this, cost it can cost you so much, you know. And you talking about millions of dollars here that that were on the line. Like I think Odell, I don't know if you've signed a new contract, but when he was spazzing out, like he was on the verge of losing a big contract because people are going to use anything you do like that in, in a standpoint of the NFL's eyes as an athlete or any professional sports. Like you're under a microscope, so you make one small mistake. When it's time for contract time, they're going to use everything against you. Like, if you did this, if you acted like that, man, remember back in the – I don't care how many stats you put on, I don't care how many yards you had, touchdowns, anything like that, anything you did before that, that damaged your reputation to a team, they're going to use that against you because they think you might do the same, even if it's something small. They're going to blow it up. But you got to be <laughs> – as an agent, it's hard to manage that because – you know, when I'm sleep or if I'm not around and then you're out and you go to a club and get in a fight, now nah, I got to deal with this in the morning. You know what I mean? So it is yeah. it is tough to hard, tough to handle things that's out of, you know, your control. I swear you gave me PTSD when you started talking about Antonio Brown because you know I'm a, <laughs> I'm a Steelers fan. I started oh, thinking yeah. about Antonio and Le'Veon a few years ago, man. Like, man, I just got PTSD. <laughs> but, hey, I'm uh, looking good this year too, man. Yeah, yeah. But nah, Q, man, uh, hey, man, I appreciate you, man, just giving your time and coming through and just schooling and educating everybody, you know, and, and being an example that, you know, the other avenues, man, I, I, this is what I saw when I talked to you. This is what I saw, man. This is what I envisioned. And I was right. It might not have been about you actually playing the sport, but like I got to say, I'm going to say this where everybody can say it and you can vouch for me. Hey, I knew you was going to do some great things. And hey, man, just keep on doing what you do. Somebody got to do it, bro. Somebody got to do it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm all for it. You talk family, man. Let's give it up, man, for Mr. Quintarius Q, Queen, founding CEO of Clutch. I'm going to talk Clever Sports Let's give it up for him, man. Appreciate that interview. Hey, I'm thinking about Rich Paul, boy. He say he like Rich Paul, man. That's his guy. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's what's up, man. Q, man, anytime, man. We're going to want you to come back, man. Please don't be a stranger. To the show, man. We want you to come back home, man, again, man, and, and give us some more gems, man. Y'all got me locked in. So whenever you need me, whenever you whenever you want me to come back, no problem. Just let me know. Oh, most definitely, man. Larry Frank, yeah. man. Get some shout-outs, man. Q, uh, shout some of your people out, man. Give you shout-outs, man. And tell everybody where they can find you at, brother. Oh, man, shout-out to all my, my team that's behind me, man. A lot of my brothers, my family, people that's been really pushing me, man. Um, You can catch me on Twitter uh, at Agent Q. Agent underscore Q T W O O, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I mean, on, on Instagram at uh, Q T W O O underscore underscore. That's my that's my that's my uh, social media tags. If y'all trying to get in touch with me, uh, spread some advice, spread some wealth, spread some knowledge, man. That's all I'm about. That's what's up, Larry Frank. You got some departing words for the Utah family, big dog. Man, look, we do it on Fridays, man. And let me tell you something. There's some bonus action for me, man. Being able to come in here, do it on a Monday night, man. We still having fun. Hey, loving what I do. Loving being a part of this. And I just want to shout out the Utah family. Shout you out. Shout out E-Gray. Shout out Q, man, for coming on here, man. Like I say, bro, hey, love it. Love it. Appreciate y'all. That's what's up, man. And uh, we're going to be back in two weeks, man, on the 18th, man. I'm going to have the Miami Hurricanes second Leading all-time scorer, Mr. Eric Brown, is going to be joining you talk, man. Looking forward to that show as well. That's going to be on the 18th at 8 p.m., man. So we'll be looking forward to seeing you guys back in two weeks for that show, man. So, look, Q, we do a thing here, man, where we do an outro, man, where me and Larry Frank throw up to you. I know you went to LSU, but you know we got to represent, Q. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, Larry Frank. <laughs> 
They know how we start every show, Larry Frank. And they know how we end every show. It ain't no us. Without you, baby. And we out. Shut up, the <laughs> my boy, Q, man. It's, it's, it's-